Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Ivelisse Andino. She is an Afro-Latina health equity innovator born and raised in the Bronx and the founder and CEO of Radical Health. Ivelisse enjoyed a fledgling career in health tech, pioneering some of its first digital health solutions, including bringing the first mobile app prescribing platform to the market and working with global clients such as the NHS in London and Kaiser Permanente. While she routinely trained oncologists on new drugs, she found herself unprepared when her mother was diagnosed with cancer. This forced her to directly and intimately confront the systemic healthcare disparities she knew existed. In founding Radical Health, the first Latina-owned and operated benefit corp in New York City, she has sought to combine her expertise in healthcare and her passion as a community organizer. Coming from an historically marginalized community herself, it was important for Ivelisse to initially build radical health by bringing together her neighbors around her kitchen table and hearing firsthand from voices, including undocumented women of color, elderly, young people, and the LGBTQ community who are otherwise figuratively and literally never given a seat at the table to have a say in their own healthcare destiny. Through Radical Health, Ivelisse is committed to the task of transforming healthcare by facilitating health literacy and self-advocacy, as well as forging a relationship between meaningful face-to-face conversations with cutting-edge technology. So, you know, the themes of, of access and making healthcare equality is something that continues to come up we touch on topics like social determinants of health, and I think we're going to be at a cross-section of a lot of these hot topics today with Ivelisse. And so with that, I want to give her a uh, warm welcome. So glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. It really is a pleasure. So Ivelisse, what did I leave out of your intro that you want to share with the listeners? I think the important pieces uh, that we could add into that is that I'm uh, restorative circle trained. So I use indigenous practice to convene and hold uh, workshops and sessions that really go back into practices that have been used over and over again. And we get to incorporate that into our work. And I recently, in 2018, was nominated as a Roddenberry Fellow for the work that we're doing with Radical Health. Congratulations on that. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like you got to do things differently to get results. And, and so, you know, your story, obviously, highlights why you're so passionate about what you do. But what is it that got you into healthcare to begin with? (laughs) The story is if anyone's ever grown up with very little, the number one objective and and for me was I wanted to get out of the hood. I wanted to make a lot of money. I wanted the fancy apartment, all the things (laughs) that we see on television. And that was that was my number one goal. And uh, the way to do that um, was I was going to be a doctor. And so I was going to help people, but I also was going to make sure that I had some stability. The truth (laughs) behind that was uh, that didn't really really work out for me. And that wasn't really the path that I was going to go on. But I still ended up in healthcare and ended up looking at health from different perspectives and getting to do that and getting to see kind of the inner bellies of the beast through my work with pharma, uh, through my work in health tech. And so I guess, I guess ultimately trying to get out the hood is what, what led me here today. 
That's awesome. You know what? That grit, that very strong desire to get out of the hood and, and just, you know, get a better life. I mean, hey, I grew up with not much either, Ivelisse, and uh, mm -hmm. it's definitely been a motivating force in, in my life and everything that I do. So I totally appreciate that. Yeah. So now that you've been in the business for quite some time and, and doing your own thing now, what's that hot topic that you want us to focus on today for health leaders listening? Yeah, so the important thing, um, and I, I am shouting from the rooftop at almost every opportunity that I get. We talk a lot about innovation. We're talking a lot about, you know, transforming health, using all these new things. Um, but what we're really missing is like equity and mm -hmm. equity in health. And today in America, folks that are the most disproportionately affected are Black and brown people, people with disabilities, our veterans, and sadly, care, health, like, right, yeah, health as, as we know it is not equal. And we have people who are dying at disproportionate rates. Where I live in the South Bronx, our community members die on average five years sooner than our neighbors who are less than a mile away on the Upper East Side. Yeah. And this is happening across the country where our zip codes and the structures and where we live are really impacting our ability, you know, our, our life and how we live. And I think that really needs to be at the top of all of these conversations and at the top of health. It's not enough to provide, you know, quality care or provide innovation. We really need to be talking about who is not being acknowledged and who are the most impacted by what we're doing, our work and what we're creating. No, I think it's a really great call out. And, you know, the, the um, not just anecdote, but reality that your zip code is probably more likely to determine your lifespan than your DNA code. It's a very real right. thing. And so tell us about what you're doing at Radical Health and, and how you're creating results by doing things differently. Yeah. So when I started Radical Health, I was definitely traumatized from all of my work that I had been doing. And it was really created out of a response where there were many times where I was in a boardroom um, at a hospital or with a pharma client. I was often the only woman in the room yeah. and very, very often the only person of color at that table. Huh. And it was really striking to me that decisions were being made about where we were going to roll out or what policies, or what funding was going to go where. And there wasn't this, I guess, conscious like layer of, who are we reaching? Who are we not reaching? And, and what are the, the ramifications of these decisions? And so when I started Radical Health, I really wanted to bring people into that fold. And I wasn't mm -hmm. just asking for another seat at the table. I wanted to create our own table and invite everyone to that. So what we do at Radical Health is we, we took that metaphor of the table in these conversations and we get to do that in community. So we have uh, two core programs, one of which are our in-person trainings and workshops where we go into communities and we have meaningful conversations around health. Mm -hmm. So we cover a variety of therapeutic areas, one could say, and where people are talking about their real experiences, how they define health. The big finding um, there is that, you know, health really is this fluid definition. And at any moment, whether it's, you know, a painful fall or just age, or even government mandates. Folks, their definition of health changes. And when we look at our communities, there aren't spaces where we can talk about what that means, where for mm -hmm. someone who is about to be evicted, like that's a really big deal in their health. Or 
you know, for someone who's afraid of being deported. And so we get to have these really meaningful conversations. We do that with community members. We do that with providers who are also working in communities, maybe that they might not be from or working in systems that don't allow them to do what they really wanted to do, which is heal and be connected. So we do a bunch of those programs and then we integrate tech into that. So we built out a platform called Radical Relay Mm -hmm. and it is a know your rights for health app. So what we found is through all of these conversations that we've been doing, folks really aren't certain of like what they are legally or what policies are in place that they could tap into and access. So through our app, we use AI and peer conversations where we give folks questions that they should ask maybe before an appointment, during an appointment, or after an appointment um, that really help them use their own agency and to make sure that they're being heard. So an example is, you know, ask for a translator if, you know, you don't understand, if you don't speak English, or even ask for your lab before you go in for your physical. So you actually have some concrete information, your your blood results, that you could have a meaningful conversation. Um, And so we get to do all of that in historically marginalized communities and do so where we integrate people, the power of people and, and those conversations and tech to really change the landscape of health as we know it. Fascinating. So you guys are really doing a lot to to give people the insider's view into their healthcare and, and then providing resources and maybe even like digital coaching to help them be uh, better stewards of their own health. Exactly. Exactly. We want folks who have lived, right, to know that they have that just your lived experience enough, you know, you know your body best and you should speak up and ask for what you need. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty and and there's certainly a lot of questions and behind the scenes fears, like you mentioned, that may right. cause people to not get the health care that they, that they deserve. And so give us an example of, of how one of these tools has, uh, has made a positive impact. Yeah, so with our circles, and I think what's important is that our work ties in, we really built it so that they're really integrated. But within some of our circles, one, we see just extraordinary engagement. So the population that we're working with, we were to have like an intersection. We're looking at areas that have high rates of poverty. We also match that with high rates of incarceration because we know Mm -hmm. that's like where where we really want to work. So in these communities, we have an 89% retention rate. So all of our workshops are free. They are not mandatory. You voluntarily attend. But folks who attend our workshop, attend one of them, will attend at least two more. And these, yes, and so these are the hardest, I mean, what some might say are the hardest to reach or last mile of care, but we're really seeing folks engage. Folks who've attended our workshops, we have a 98% 98% like satisfaction, I guess you'd call it like a net promoter score where folks are really satisfied by the level of conversation. And then we take it a lot deeper because I really believe numbers don't always full, tell the full story, but we had one woman, we had an older woman uh, who's about like 60 and then a younger woman who's about 23 in one of our circles. And as we're talking about just, you know, what does health mean? What have been your experiences? Um, the younger woman talks about her diagnosis with lupus and how she was feeling and how she found a great provider that, you know, really coached her through that. And when we got to this older woman in the circle, she said, you know, I've been listening and I've been sick for a really long time and I've gone to a bunch of doctors and I haven't figured it out, but it sounds like what the younger woman is talking about um, and her symptoms, I think I might have lupus, but I have an appointment tomorrow and and we're going to, you know, I don't know, you know, I I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to ask some questions. And so at the end of that circle, the two women ended up talking. They were, they lived in the same neighborhood, so they were really close to one another. 
the younger woman kind of coached this woman through what she had been through. And then I saw the older woman a few weeks later and she comes up to me and she like squeezes me and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I have lupus. And so I, of course, I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you know, panicking. And she's like, I am so grateful and I'm so happy because for so long, I didn't know what was happening to me and I couldn't find anyone. But through these programs is how I feel connected. I have a friend who's, you know, coaching me, even though she's younger. And really, I feel like I'm on the path towards healing and and I feel so much better. And so it's those models of like super empowering. Yeah. And impactful. So I'm really lucky to be a part of this. Yeah, that's a great story. And how else would that have happened? You know, I mean, just facilitating these uh, these groups is core to to awareness and education, and, and which is a missing piece in in a lot of this health equity. So, if Elise, uh, what would you say? Like, how do you guys interact with payers and providers? Because I I, I see an opportunity here for for them to learn about the communities that they serve or, or even government, mm-hmm. right? How do you guys interact and work with them? Yeah, so this is really good. So we, we I'll say this, one of the challenges, I'll, I'll pivot this question a bit. So one of the sure. challenges that I had when we first started was that I thought I was going to build a company the same way I had participated in others. I thought I would sure. have an idea, raise some venture capital, go to the hospital system, and it would just be the easiest thing because we're improving health, we're saving money, we have engagement. This is pretty straightforward, right? Turns out it wasn't. No one wanted to fund us. Uh, No one could even see what we were doing or the impact. And so early on, we could not meet with a payer. A hospital system kind of, you know, laughed at us and said, no way, we're not going to do this. And so what we did was we ended up going outside of the healthcare system. We started working with government. We started working with education and nonprofits. And really, when we look at like social determinants of health, we went to all the other places, the food, the community. And that's where we actually started getting momentum and traction and folks who really believed in this and then were willing to participate. And so to say, to answer your question, we've come a long way since then. Uh, We're currently chatting with providers. We are working, we're having conversations with payers about, you know, implementing this, both the services and the tech components so that folks can really understand, you know, who their communities are, what, how they, how the communities can define what they want and what they need so that we can see much better improved outcomes. Yeah, I think that's super, super interesting. And, and I feel like the forward thinking executives, usually like the chief innovation officers are, and some forward thinking chief medical officers at these systems are, are starting to connect the dots and, and starting to do more mm-hmm. on, on, you know, social determinants. I, I saw a post recently by uh, Rasu Shitra. His, he did this uh, announcement that Atrium Health has committed $10 million to affordable housing. And so I'm starting to see more of this, these dots being connected. And uh, kudos to you and your team for staying with it and, and finding those, those pathways of engagement, and then, you know, slowly getting into the areas where you initially thought you would be playing. But I think it's, uh, it's your work is impactful. And, you know, even thinking about some of the some of the employers that might, you know, the larger employers that might be employing the, the, the community there. So tons of good being done by you, Ivelisse, major kudos, your community leader, a healthcare leader, what would you say is is one of the proudest things that you've experienced to date? So I think if I look at it personally, my personal proudest moment, I am a girl from the Bronx. I'm an Afro-Latina who, through any other lens, I really should not be where I am today. And so one, to have been really successful in my career, that's, I'm super proud of that. 
But I think too, to like look at a model of health, to look at healthcare and create something that employs, we employ folks from the community, people who do not have all the pedigree, who do not have all the letters behind their name, but who are so powerful, so brilliant and really effective at what they do. That is probably one of my like incredible achievements that we get to look at health differently. We get to challenge the system and we get to do it with those that have been the most impacted disproportionately impacted as a way to like look at things moving forward. And so, and while doing that, improving health outcomes um, in a variety of ways. I'm incredibly proud of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge, you know, and, and, you know, you say, you know, you shouldn't be here, but you should. And I, and, and it's a good thing that you are because these communities do need representation and uh, without, without folks like you and without the companies that are being built around this focus, it, it wouldn't happen. So I want to recognize you for, for your, your courage in, in going this route. Because you could have stayed at a tech Thank company. You, so much. you know, you could have, you could have hit the easy <laughs> button. You could have made some money and, and been like, yeah, I'm good. I made it. But instead, you're, right. you're reaching out and helping others make it, helping others get health. And that, that's truly, truly admirable. Thank you so much. So what would you say is the most exciting project you're working on today? So my, my favorite right now um, is Radical Relay, our tech platform. So we, are, we built this app using AI, using Watson, and then using the power of peers. And we're doing this specifically for women of color who are pregnant and going through that journey. And so we know today that Black women die eight to one compared to white women in the U.S. through maternal yeah. uh, mortality and morbid- morbidity. We know that, you know, like the United States is the most dangerous place, the most dangerous developed country in the world to give birth. Which is terrible. Um, and so, <laughs> I know. Inexcusable. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. We should all be up in arms. But okay. what we get to do now is that this app really, you know, and we know that, the other, I guess the other piece is that we know that this maternal, like, mortality where women, women are dying doesn't have any bounds when, it, when we look at education or socioeconomic status. We talk a lot about Beyonce and Serena Williams, who both, you know, had emergency C-sections and just really, really challenging births. And so for me, it's really exciting that we get to use our app and we've built up this technology to really address that, to use technology in a way that is not just sexy and cool, but really having and making a difference in the lives of women who are, or the lives of people who are giving birth. But then also like all the future generations of children that, you know, get to get to move along and have, you know, present parents who hopefully have much better, much better experience than Beyonce, Serena, or even myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, definitely very exciting work in an area that needs a lot of attention. And so the more people that, that get focused here and, and with the access that you have to the communities that you have, Evelise, it's, uh, it's going to be yeah. effective. So uh, truly exciting. Thank and, you. Yeah. I can't, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. And so where, if folks want to learn more about you and your company, where do they go? So you can visit us on our website at www.radical-health.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram at we are rad health. Love it. So we're going to leave that, those touch points in the show notes, folks. Just uh, go to outcomesrocket.health in the search bar, type in radical. R-A-D-I-C-A-L. You'll find that there. Um, time for the lightning round. Are you ready for it? 
Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ivelisse, here we go. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Have more black and brown people and folks with disabilities on your boards, on your staff, have them represented in all areas. Love it. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I would call this conference room decisions hmm. that happen in, in isolation. So basically making decisions in isolation without any contrary input or collaboration. Love that. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? We're always in the hood, I guess we can say. We are always, we try to just listen and we create space within our organization for accountability. And so that way, no matter how things change, we're accountable to the people that we serve and just being immersed like with on the ground, real people listening and sharing. What's an area of focus that drives everything at Radical Health? So we have one overarching theme um, that our staff, I mean, everyone, our board member, everyone that we work with, and that really is vulnerability. So we all lead with our own personal vulnerabilities and, you know, even as an organization to say that we do not have it all together, but we are really committed to leading with that and that our vulnerability is our greatest strength. I think that's powerful. Leads next to our, our, our more on a personal note for the listeners to get to know you. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your number one health habit? Oh, that's a really good question. My number one health habit, it really is, at least for like quality time mm-hmm. that is with people that is like either we love or inspires me to grow, but really having meaningful conversations and spending quality time with the people that are important to me in my life. And what is your number one success habit? <laughs> More recently, um, I've uh-huh. gotten into, I have no notifications, no notifications on yeah. my phone, Turn on social off. media. Everything is off. Um, and I moved all of my apps to like the third page. So that nice. when I open my phone, I'm only given three options. I can call someone like with my boys. Yeah. I can uh, take a photo or I can meditate. Those are the only three options that I have. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know what? That's uh that's an area that I've really focused on too. It's my phone is mm. the design uh workflow is is such so that I I don't easily access email and all of my notifications are off. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. helped a ton. Totally. Just so you can be present. I think that is I guess ultimately right my success is be present in what I'm present. doing and do it fully and then the rest will come. Love that. Love that, Ivelisse. Super great stuff and appreciate you sharing. Um, and so Radical Health is up to a ton. And, and I'm glad that we got a chance to, to, for everybody to listen to Ivelisse and, and the things that her company and, and the people that are at her company are up to in areas of need with regard to healthcare. So Ivelisse, leave us with the closing thought and, uh, and then we could say goodbye. My closing thought is, there's a proverb that says, until the lion tells his side of the story, the tale of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. Hmm. And I think that when we think about healthcare and outcomes, we tend to make generalizations um, from a very top down, you know, these communities need or they want. Um, and I think when we look at health and health outcomes, we really need to be listening to the stories of the people and let them tell their stories so that it's not obscured by our positions of power and what we believe to be true. 
a great message. And, and with that, folks, uh, just want to wanna give Ivelisse a big thank you and, and, uh, and a call to action to everybody listening. Go to radical-health.com or check them out on Twitter at WeAreRadHealth so you could learn more. It, it's certainly an, an outstanding group of individuals making a difference for communities that need the most help. And so with that, Ivelisse, I just want to give you a thank you on behalf of all of us. Thank you so much. I am so grateful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.